This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. That's why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room, Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Tuesday, 25 July, Year of Lord, 2023. Uh, remember the, uh, and this is thanks to uh, Speaker McCarthy, the special screening of Sound of Freedom. We're going to start in a few minutes, 6.30, I think, is what the invite says, over at, uh, over at the, um, in the new, you know, public theater there that's in, um, that's been built. It's just magnificent. It's going to be a packed house. Jim Caviezel is going to be there tonight, Tim Ballard, all of it. So really want to thank the leadership for, for making this happen. CNN had a meltdown. You know, we've had DeGrasse on all the time about these redistricting battles, which really set the stage for so much of the fights that we have. As you remember, in 2022, they were absolutely essential to our victory. And you look back at the small majority we got, it was absolutely critical. We hadn't done that work, and this war in policy hadn't gotten to the ramparts. You might have still have a Democrat-controlled House. Alex has warned you about these maps, uh, particularly places like New York State and Ohio and North Carolina. But something's happened over the last couple of weeks that has been um, quite disturbing, and that is the Deep South. And, and Hakeem Jeffries, don't ever undermes- underestimate the intelligence and focus of your enemies. Right now, they're talking about closing the gap in the House by picking up seats in the Deep, uh, in the deep South. CNN's got a headline about Alabama's absolutely meltdown. So I want to bring in Alex DeGrasse. I want to start with this situation in Alabama. And if uh, if Logan uh, and the team in Memphis can get up when Alex gets up the split screen, let's get that headline of CNN because it's they they are in full meltdown. DeGrasse, what's going on? Hey, Steve, thanks. So we, we spoke about it on the war room first, actually, when that map first had come out. But there was a map drawn by the state legislator and the governor is supporting it. And that's gone through in his past. And the map you know, doesn't move the numbers partisan-wise. It does um, fulfill what the Supreme Court has said. Um, They end up moving some of the African-American population to another one. They said they needed one majority African-American seat and one that is close or, you know, majority. And so that's what this does. So certainly passes the Voting Rights Act, but they're melting down because if we can halt them here, and again, what we want are fair lines, fair lines. We don't want gerrymandered lines. It's Mark Elias and his ilk, Steve. They are in the back room. They are drawing the maps. And I think the governor made it pretty clear. That's why they're melting down and saying, look, this is a state's issue. We're going to look at this. We know the area better than Mark Elias's law firm and the DNC that are attempting to not just jam through Alabama, Louisiana, South Carolina, Mississippi. They want to blow the whole thing up, even Florida. This political article that came out after the CNN article, it walks through them openly discussing their strategy in the Deep South to disrupt, if not even this election, but down the line. This is going to be one of the most severe, prolonged legal battles of our time, honestly. Okay, hold it. So go back through this because you teed it up before. We got CNN. We'll get the right hand line up in a second on this. Uh, the Supreme Court faces outright defiance from Alabama. What What do they mean by that? Explain what the, when CNN's in this full meltdown. What do they mean about Supreme Court? It's because they're trying to make this like the Confederacy is rising again, right? 
I want to yeah. make sure people understand exactly what this fight is about and why it's in the purview of the folks in Alabama uh, to decide this. Because as you keep saying, it's just fair districts we want. We want fair districts. And what they want, Steve, is they want two Democrat seats. I mean, Alabama votes is a strong Republican seat. And that, that's what they want. They're not worried about anything else. They want to move from one Democrat seat to two, two safe Democrat seats. And the map that was drawn and passed and that local Alabama Republicans and the governor holding the line on doesn't have that. It sort of maybe weakens one, adds to another, makes another seat more competitive depending on the year. But this sort of throwaway two Democrat seats, not going to happen. So that's what they care about. And of course, you know, they're using the Voting Rights Act, which is something serious, and we all support that. And But they're kind of misconstruing it and, and applying partisan purposes. And that's why we believe this map the new map, which we spoke about on the show earlier and which we had a preview before the CNN meltdown, is what's going to be the big fight and what's going to be a very long process playing out on multiple states. We can get that uh, if we can get that CNN article. I just want to make sure people see the complete total meltdown that they're having. You know, Alabama in defiance. It's like uh, they're about to have Jefferson Davis put his hand on the Bible down there in uh, in uh, Montgomery. There it is right there. Uh, and people, this is important. Just keep it up there for a second, Memphis. I want to make sure people understand this is all going to be information warfare. They're into Louisiana. They're into North Carolina. And they're saying the Deep South. This is going to be hardcore crackers trying to take voting rights, trying to undo the Voting Rights Act. As Alex just said, nothing could be farther from the truth. Alex, go back in again, just in Alabama. What people are looking for are fair districts, correct? Yeah, absolutely. We want fair lines that keep communities of interest together, keep partisan competitiveness, you know, keep in the spirit of the law. That's what they've done. What the Democrats want to do is they're changing definitions to the Supreme Court. They're changing how things are phrased and everything else. And it's very dangerous because that, that's what they're doing even on other fronts. So how they're playing out with the election integrity issues, right? I mean, in New York, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Massachusetts, they redefine the word absentee ballot. Now it's mail ballot. Now they're getting around the state constitutions and, and blowing open the ballot security on these mail ballots. They're doing the same thing on redistricting right now. They're rephrasing the definitions of different things and taking a stab at these state courts. Obviously, they went to the Supreme Court and had a ruling that was measured, but did force Alabama to go back to the drawing board. And so that's why we're here. So this is really just the beginning of what's going to be, you know, tens and tens of millions of dollars and could decide the fate of our country. I mean, just think about it. Donald Trump back in the White House and no control for Republicans in the House. It would be unmitigated. But I believe that's what they're looking at right now. Oh, no, no. I want to go strategically because, like I said, these people are smart and tough, and that's what we try to show here is how we get ahead of it. Where you have situations like in Ohio, we have situations like in North Carolina that we actually think about pickups. They're all over this. They're looking at it. Hey, worst case is I can thwart them getting a pickup, and maybe maybe even I've got a puncher's chance to maybe even actually pick up a district. Is strategically that's what Hakeem Jeffries and the Democrats are doing here? Yeah, that's exactly right. All of this deep South play would absolutely net them across the board. That's that's their objective, of course. You've got New York, where we can either hold the line or possibly lose some seats, depending on the appeals court decision, which should be soon. And we've been working on that, of course, tirelessly. And we feel good, but you never know, of course. And then you've got, obviously, Wisconsin, where we could lose one or two. You've got North Carolina and Ohio, where we could pick up 
um, due to the Supreme Court victories, which are critical for the posse to pay attention to and get honed in on that in the years to come. And we'll certainly have more news on that. And there's sort of big Republicans rallying together, sort of figuring out what's the step forward to ensuring the party apparatus has a handle on these state Supreme Court races, since the Wisconsin defeat will be, frankly, felt uh, for a decade, I believe. So, but yes, that's exactly right. So it could be a wasis on these states, Steve, and then the South would be in addition. And that's sort of what the problem is and why it's important to hold the line and hopefully yeah. prevail. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if New York, and I understand you guys are fighting, and at least Stefanik's doing an amazing job, you're fighting in New York for fairness, Wisconsin also, but that's going to have a big impact. But if you go from where we first started, that there could be a net couple of seat pickup, it is not, unless we're on the ramparts, it is not inconceivable that you go into the House races dead even. Am I incorrect there? You're right. It could be a range of us picking up a few seats, maybe three or four collectively, or us even in a worst case situation, frankly, losing the majority right off the bat before the as in, in terms of before the before the before the first votes counted. How, okay, how do people the war? As you know, the Warren Posse always thinks downrange. We have certain cadres that get involved in these things early on. What do you want? What's your call to action for the audience to do right now? Because we got to immerse ourselves in this thing. This is going to be a fight. This is where the Mark Alliances of the world really prove their worth to the Democratic Party. He's all over this. I think he put up on Twitter the other days in I don't know forty states with these uh, with these fights. W- what should the posse do now? What's your call to action? Precinct strategy, number one, always. But within that precinct strategy, reach out to local Republicans, state Republican. Make sure Republicans know. I mean, not everyone's always aware of, of these things. But the Democrats are telegraphing publicly. CNN, Politico did a big piece on their, specifically state by state on their plan. So Republicans at the state level are the, bul- are the bulwark. And the precinct strategy is key. Get in these people's faces in a positive, peaceful way and let them know. We expect you to hold the line for fair lines. Do not be coward because it is information warfare. They will try to play the race card shamelessly. They will do all types of despicable things to get Republicans to cow down and sort of fold on multiple fronts. And so Ohio, Pennsylvania, holding the line in Wisconsin, New York, then obviously the Deep South too, as this plays out. But those are kind of the key battlefields. I want I want um, I, I want to put up before we go that that political piece that we have if Memphis has it Dems see surprising new path through taking the house through the deep south. My point is they're already thinking strategically and this gets to the issue. They're going to cow a lot of people by saying you're trying to undo the Voting Rights Act. I mean, the CNN headline was absolutely perfect for information warfare, you know. Alabama in defiance and defiance in quotes of the Supreme Court. It makes it look like, like I said, Jeff Davis is down there in Montgomery about to, you know, take the oath on the Bible. That's what they're trying. Look at that right there. This is what you're going to be up against. This is just the opening salvo. So this is going to be intense. DeGrasse, how do people, uh, great work as always. How do people follow you, sir? Thanks. And just, I will be at the Sound of Freedom screening. So we're very excited about that. It's going to be huge for everyone watching. But I'm at, De- at DeGrasse on Getter, Truth Social, DeGrasse81 on Twitter. And if you're interested in the New York efforts, that's GOPBattlegroundFund.com. We've got the map, we've got the plan of action for New York, and we need, need your help. So thank you, Steve, and thank you to the posse. 
One last thing. Uh, how many Democrats, I mean, McCarthy really went out of his way to make sure that this was set when everybody got back and he wants as many people as possible. How many Democrats do you think will show up tonight to the screening? I don't think that many. And I think that's going to be a big news story. And I think it will be, frankly, disgusting. I will be there and I will get a count. And I know that there's many operatives going to be writing down names and seeing who is going to be who's involved in this fight to save our kids and get a handle on what's going on and who's not. So I think it's going to be very telling, Steve. But they were all invited. So, Isn't this beyond? And, and Ke- Kevin, and I tip all the leadership for doing this. This is not an easy thing to do. People should know scheduling this, uh, making it available, and it's very unique. You don't have a lot of screenings down in this amazing theater in the visitor center, the new visitor center underneath the Capitol. Um, and to go out of your way and to make sure it's when everybody gets back on this really concluding week. Alex, this should be something that unites the country. Do you agree? I agree 100 percent. And I think the speaker has done a great job. They've been working on this for a while because, like you said, this is a big feat. And I think and the speaker is going to be doing a panel with some of the cast and everyone. And I think it's going to be a great discussion. And a lot of people are in the Hill are excited. And I do hope it gets some national coverage because it is a major news story. Okay, but we'll I check agree. in with you tomorrow, Alex. How many? How many actually showed up? We're writing that a list. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Alex DeGrasse, on the Battle of the Maps. Uh, incredibly important. Okay, I want to play a cold open. Uh, as we called it uh, the other day, uh, we said it for a while, but yesterday we really brought the discussion together. Caroline Glick and we had our own Ben Harnwell. We're going to go to Ben in a moment in Rome, but. Um, the reason Israel's important, just qua Israel, particularly for people that support um, Israel and are supportive of the Jewish people. But there's something much deeper here. This is exactly, and I've warned people, what you're seeing happening there with the administrative and deep state up on your grill, okay, is exactly what's going to happen after Trump wins in, uh, in 2024. Let's go ahead and play the clip. Nick, you mentioned in your New Yorker piece titled In Israel, A Glimpse of a Trumpian Future, you write this, quote, see if this sounds familiar. A cynical and self-admiring politician finds himself confronting the legal consequences of his low deeds and corruption. He faces criminal investigation, multiple indictments, trials, even prison. To defend himself from the potential consequences of his acts, he does not merely hire lawyers, he tries to stay in power. And to obtain power, he's willing to deepen and inflame the worst tribal conflicts in his country. He is willing to undermine the rule of law. He's willing to make common cause with the most hateful voices in his society and place them by his side. In the end, he is willing to erode the liberty of his people to ensure his own. The eagerness to put self before country, of course, is the common thread between two profoundly unprincipled politicians, Benjamin Netanyahu and Donald Trump, writes David Remnick in The New Yorker. Um, So, David, if you could speak to just how extraordinary this moment in Israel is and why it is and what it means for the future of the country. And I think you lay out well the parallel between these two leaders. Yeah, in its 75-year history as a state, Israel has faced no shortage of, of crises uh, particularly in the conflict with the Palestinians and many wars over the over that uh, period of time. And yet yesterday I was getting calls from friends in Israel uh, telling me this is the worst day in the history of the state because in their view, and obviously this is the liberal view, one half of society's view, that the constitu- there is no constitution uh, in Israel. 
but democratic norms are being undermined. Tribalism is being deepened. Uh, the balance of powers insofar as they exist, and they exist only minimally in Israel, are being eroded by this act. And that this act is only the first step in a further uh, erosion of a democratic Israel. Now, it's, it's impossible to have a fully democratic Israel without resolving, in my view, the, the Palestinian question. But all democratic societies have lingering crises, too. Certainly we do. Uh, but to see society divided to this degree, to see hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people out on the street, not just once or twice, but for the last 29 weeks, to see um, uh, military reservists, including Air Force pilots, who are considered to be the 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 protectors, the guarantors of, of Israel's existence, say that they will refuse to, to serve uh, is a crisis like we've never seen before in Israel. David, you write about how this moment is different from over a decade ago in 2012 when Netanyahu campaigned on preserving the rule of law and certainly politicians change their tune frequently when they actually are in power versus campaigning. But can you talk about this moment over a decade later, the charges that Netanyahu faces and how that is impacting what he does with his power? Well, uh, all politicians sooner or later lie. I do think Netanyahu abuses the privilege. He does it with such frequency that it's almost comical at this point. Uh, you remember his speech at Barlan University when he said he would resolve the Palestinian question, that there be a Palestinian state even. That was preposterous and just a gesture to, to the Americans at that time. In 2012, he came out in front of the country and gave a very important address and said he would reject any notion of undermining the authority of the Supreme Court or the court system itself. And now here he is. So you asked about the charges against him. Compared to, <laughs> compared to the charges against Trump, they are modest, but there are charges, re real criminal charges of corruption and accepting uh, favors from, from su su supporters, material favors from supporters for political uh, preference. Uh, they're real charges. And it's in his, his political calculation that if this goes through, uh, and it has now, uh, this change in the in the law and the way things are done in Israel, that it helps him stay in power. Uh, he has proved over, and he has been the prime minister longer than anyone, longer than Ben Gurion uh, in the history of the state. Uh, he has proved that his first priority is always that, and he will always accede to the desires of the tribe that keeps him in office. And right now, Israel has the most radical, the most extremist. Uh, government in its history, and Netanyahu is allowed himself to be, uh, to his advantage, uh, uh, part of their ideological drive. And this is just the beginning. The piece is, in Israel, a glimpse of a Trumpian future. You can read it online on The New Yorker. David Remnick, always great to have you on, my friend. Thank you. Okay. Still ahead. Um, I, I, I want to make sure... Um... I want to bring in Ben from Rome. Uh, if you have no interest in Israel whatsoever, if it's just not something that, hey, when Bannon talks about it, I tune it out. It's just not my thing. And I, I can understand this. People just, you know, America first is all about America. But in that we live in a world 
that's inextricably linked. We just have to understand that. But it's not about Israel. David Remnick is not a Grundoon. The New Yorker is like the um, you get New Yorker is like the intellectual. Uh, it's the light reading for the intelligentsia, the Upper West Side, the Upper East Side of New York City it is the magazine. Remnick is the editor. Um, he's a very smart guy. He hates MAGA. He's anti-MAGA. He's anti-Trump movement, right? But he's a very smart guy. As we've said, in Israel, a glimpse of a Trumpian future, and he just walks through it. I'm going to replay the beginning of the clip in a minute. Hang on. I want to bring in. Ben Harnwell. Ben, this is what you've been writing about at War Room and talking about that there's something going on here that's it, this is shows the larger battle that we face against the administrative state. Ben Harnwell. Good afternoon, Steve. Well, David Remnick might be a very bright guy, but he's used his intelligence today to absolutely uh, mislead and misinform the, the American public. The American public watching MSNBC. And this is what the, the, the mainstream media excels at. It misinforms you about what you know and keeps you uninformed about what you don't know. In nowhere in that interview was an explanation about exactly what is going on in Israel and what Prime Minister Netanyahu is trying to do and what powers he's trying to take away from the Supreme Court and where those powers come from. Now, what he did say is that Israel doesn't have a constitution. That's true. So how... Did it get those powers um, that, that Netanyahu successfully removed yesterday? And it get, the, the court gave them to itself. Uh, and what are these powers? The Supreme Court, and I know of no other country in the world, Steve, no other country in the world that has this system um, to, to indicate just how bizarre this is. The Supreme Court of Israel can strike down ministerial appointments, public appointments, it, uh, political policies act on the sole grounds that they're unreasonable. That is a power that it gave itself, I think, in, in the 70s. It's a power that it has used and it has used against, as well, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu. Uh, and if you stop to think about that, you probably agree with Prime Minister Netanyahu that that is a very dangerous situation uh, to be in, where the, the legislature, the government, uh, is undermined and can be undermined at any point in time by uh, a bench of unelected officials who don't even have a constitution to guide them uh, in their decisions. It's a purely subjective ju judgment call. We think this is unreasonable. Puff, gone. Um, so how many times, I counted three times the words that David Remnick there just used the word democracy uh, and Netanyahu undermining democracy. Perhaps we should get him on the war room and invite him to explain to us how can it be against democracy when a government entirely legitimately and um, seeks to remove an obstacle to pursuing the popular will and, and, and the public mandate uh, by a bench of unelected people who, unlike the American system, and I repeat, don't even have a constitution as the source of their authority. Um, it's absolutely astonishing and it's not only on MSNBC, Steve, this, this, there's, there, is, there is in the mainstream media a lockdown on precisely what is going on in Israel. And they're keeping people right around the world uninformed. Why? Because as you just said in your introduction, this is almost um, 
a, a, a test case of what they're going to do to, to Donald Trump in 2024 onwards. I want to go back to that. Remnick, the New Yorker, the importance of them in the intellectual architecture of the uh, of the administrative state and the ruling class in this country. It is the magazine. Uh, it's kind of the people magazine of the, you know, quote unquote, Upper East Side, Upper West Side intelligentsia. Um, how important is it? And Remnick lays out the case. And like I said, this is just not some writer. This is not some stringer. This is the editor of The New Yorker. He only assigns himself the most important topics of what this is. This is. They're getting very, just like Bibi, they're getting very nervous that Trump is indestructible, that Trump is resilient, that Trump will come back. They're already looking downrange. This is how these people think, totally strategically. They're already looking downrange at the return of Trump. And as Trump says, the existential threat to our nation is the administrative state, Ben Harnwell. Steve, it's absolutely correct. Um, look. To give just one example of the, the lockdown on the truth of what is going on, three of uh, the, the Israel's um, newspapers had blackened front pages today, and they carried an advert which saying a black day for Israeli democracy. Um, I repeat, this is an attempt to keep people ill-informed of what, what's going on. And the reason is what connects Israel with the United States and elsewhere around the world where popular movements are, are moving ahead is an attempt by an unelected class of people, call it the administrative state, call it the deep state, call it the blob, call it whatever you will, call it the bureaucracy. But it is people who think they know best how to run the country simultaneously open brackets whilst profiting for them and their class enormously close brackets. This class realises that it has lost the the consent of the people. It has lost the popular support. It's slipping inexorably out of their grasp and they are seeking the only way that they can possibly maintain their grip and that is through through, through the unelected uh, part of, of, of the state, which is the courts. This is, this is not just judicial activism. This is almost a judicial putsch. You know, we, 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 we've heard the, uh, the, the term uh, applied to... Hang on one second. We're going to go to a short break. We've got from Rome. Ben Harnwell has been all over this. The consent of the governed. That is what this is about. This is a foreshadowing of from November of 2024. Every day going forward as President Trump starts to deconstruct the administrative state here in the United States of America. Short commercial break, Ben Harnwell, our editor for all things international, next in the War Room. Well, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the U.S. dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. And you can do that with the help of Birch Gold. Here's the easiest way to do it. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And you don't pay a penny out of pocket. As BRICS... Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa band together against the dollar. 
more and more central banks are diversifying. You know what they're buying. Gold. Follow their lead. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 for your free info kit on gold. There's no obligation, just information. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, Birch Gold can help protect your savings, too. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. Do it today. Follow the central banks of the BRICS. Take action, 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 and take that action today. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skin care, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views. PublicSQ.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at PublicSQ.com. Dot com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner, download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. Okay, imagine you're at your doctor's office. Your doctor glances up from the chart and says, and I quote, Hey, whatever you're doing, keep it up, end quote. Now, that's the Field of Greens Better Health Promise. Check out this customer testimonial. He said, and I want to quote here, I've been taking Field of Greens, and this is the second time my doctor has danced into the room praising my blood results. Credit where credit's due. Thanks, Field of Greens, end quote. Now, each fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected for a specific health benefit. Some support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidneys. Others support metabolism metabolism for healthy energy and weight loss. If you're busy, if you don't get enough exercise, if you eat too much fast food, take Field of Greens. Look, Field of Greens can't promise your doctor will dance into your room, but they can promise at your next checkup, your doctor will notice you improve health or you get your money back. Let me repeat that. You get your money back. I trust Field of Greens for my health and you can too. Let me get you started with 15% off. 
Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Take action today. Use your agency, fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon, and get the better health promise. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. By the way, the best line you've ever had, uh, Ben, and I'll get to this thing, so make sure we get down. The mainstream media's job is to keep you misinformed about what you do know and in the dark about what you don't know, but I'm going to get the exact phrasing and get it correctly. Um, I've got both Israel and Ukraine to go through, and i got to get through them both because now we got the impeachment inquiry that's kicking off, and it's all, the railhead always goes back to Ukraine. Walk me through. I know you've got a bunch of analysis on Israel. Go ahead and take it, and then let's just roll right into the Ukraine thing. I'm sure I'll jump in with a fascinating and brilliant uh, commentary and analysis. The job of the mainstream media is to keep you misinformed about what you know and uninformed about what you don't know. Um, I think that was it. I, I, I okay, to that is so good. That is so good. That is so good. That's so good that I'm either going to rip it off or that's going to be your new tagline. That is absolutely brilliant. Give me that one more time slowly because that summarizes it all. The job of the mainstream media is to keep you misinformed about what you know and uninformed about what you don't know. And it's brilliant. True. Summarizes it's, it's, everything. It's true. It's 100% it's, true. It's 100% true. We, see, we saw it from the, the MSNBC uh, interview just now with David Remnick. That is exactly what they were doing. But it distilled. That's what they're doing. They were keeping you misinformed about what they were telling you and keeping you absolutely in the dark about the actual things uh, of what's going on in, in, um, in Israel and why Netanyahu is doing what he's doing, which is why all he is simply trying to do is to have a government can, that can fulfill its electoral mandate. Um, and it's astonishing to me, Steve. It is absolutely astonishing to me just the depth of the, the cynicism of, of the elites the liberal globalist elite that will seek to stop him uh, in order to in order to be able to maintain their ability to frustrate the will of that government and to do it in the name of democracy. Um, that is that is their genius, their evil genius that they can do this. And of course, because the mainstream media walks in lockstep, lock you know, very little light gets to, to shine in, you know, because her, her, her hermetically sealed, nothing, no real actual light shines in because they control the message almost wall to wall. You know, there's, there's, you know, it, it all sort of makes sense um, when you hear it, you know, this, you know, something I, I heard on the, the, I think the FT's morning podcast this morning is that, you know, that this is such a bad thing what Netanyahu is doing because, you know, he's stopping the Supreme Court's ability to hold the government to account, of course, and that was just allowed left to pass but you say to well hang on hang is it the judiciary's job to hold a government to account surely that's the parliamentary opposition surely it's the job of 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 a supreme court to interpret law yeah to to apply and to interpret law not to hold a government not to hold an elected executive to account but you know very little introspection. No, no, I want to. I want to really make sure, uh, particularly our American audience understands this. When you talk about elect, this is why this is a foreshadowing 
this fight in the same players as a foreshadowing of 2024 and 2025 and beyond, which I keep saying we have a three-part process here. We have the uh, we have the Murdoch-induced uh, uh, primary, which is totally made up. That's all for the Murdochs to either get a get a lucky shot to stop Trump, or worst case, to bleed him out and into into attempt to cripple him. Then you have this brutal general election, which we've now shown and proven that a, a Biden's going to be uh, unplugged. They've got an apparatus of $2 billion all set to go. You can plug in Michelle Obama or Newsom or Whitmer or Pritzker. You pick it, right? Just plug it in right there. Ready to roll. After we win both of those against long odds, we got it. We can do it. It's right there in front of us. We get an electoral mandate and you have the consent of the governed. Then you're into this firestorm. This is what they, this is, this is their barricade. This is what they're going to be manning the ramparts there. And every day is going to be Stalingrad. They're not prepared. They're going to have the media. They're going to have the universities. They're going to have the Antifa guys. But they also have the administrative state. This is why we talk about right now over Heritage and with Russ Vote, we're organizing these people now to make sure we hit the deck plates with 3,000, 3, you know, non-Senate confirmed people right away, which is the max we have in billets. Think about it. Over 2 million, the numbers are roughly 2 million, over 2 million civilian employees of the apparatus of the administrative state. I think you got another 2 million in the military. But there's 16 to 18 million contractors, how they make this apparatus run. You have 20 million people, 20 million billets or bodies in this apparatus. And Trump's going to take that on with a handful with 3,000 people that are trained up, et cetera. And every day you're going to get leaked. You're going to get leaked. Uh, memos. You're going to have people, you know, coming forward saying, "Oh, this is terrible. We're not going to do it. We're going to thwart it." Uh, you're going to have the media. It is going. To, if you think the primaries, anything. If you think the general election, those are all like Sunday picnics compared to the thing itself. And the thing itself is taking the administrative state, and you're seeing it in Israel right now, where they're, they're, they're not just protesting in the street. You're having a military coup d'état. The military is essentially saying. The left-wing generals, Ehud Barak, we got that video from three years ago. He walks through everything they're going to do, including now the military just laying down their weapons, saying, no, we're not going to serve under this guy. We're not going to do it. You've got the woke and weaponized. Don't take it from me. Look at the uh, look at the uh, NDAA, the woke and weaponized. Look at these hearings up on Capitol Hill of these woke generals that have now been uh, selected uh, through the Obama, you know, Clinton, Bush, Obama, and uh and now Biden, we have all these field grade officers that are completely woke. Their whole thing is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And certainly not America first. They are total globalists. Is what, and that's what you're seeing in Israel. The nationalist versus the globalist. And this is in high relief exactly in the exact players what's going to happen in the United States. Ben Harnwell. Steve, you said it perfectly. The only thing I, I will repeat on it is just looking at the Israel case. And it is, it, it, the parallel is astonishing. Um, as a sort of test case for what they're going to do um, in, in, in Donald Trump's second uh, mandate. The thing I just wanted to draw attention to again and again and again, because it is so clear and it is so stark, is how the media is lying to you. Um, and just ask yourselves, you know, you know, the posse, ask yourselves when you're when you're digesting the mainstream media's output, which, which you should do. I mean, you, you should do. If only to inoculate yourself, inoculate yourself, uh, lies. Um, 
but when you're watching the mainstream media's output on Israel, on, on the right, on the protest, on the reservists saying we're not going to fight, and, you, and you're hearing all of the talk about the anti-democracy, how has anyone actually told you what the, what, what the substantial issue is and why it has happened? Has anyone told you that the Supreme Court, uni uniquely in the whole world, has given itself the power to strike down any legislation or any public appointments or any ministerial appointments based on the grounds that it's unreasonable, literally unreasonable. You know, this is basically a subjective judgment call, and, and that is where the power of power lies. Um, you know, it might be a great system, it might be a, a, a terrible system, but you can't, you can't, I don't think you can say that a, an elected government taking back from the court a, a power that, that it had never been given, that it gave itself, is against democracy. That's, that's the thing. The media, the mainstream media won't let you know that. They're just lying to you. And here's the point. Watch this take place in another country, because in a year and a half's time, they're going to be doing it in the United States as well. Just as brazenly. Just as shamelessly. Um, there we go. Um, Steve, if I might go on, because um, this, this is you know, talking, in, in, you know, here's the theme. It's, it, it's exactly the same, just in a different country. Now, we're going to go over, see exactly the same misrepresentations on behalf of the mainstream media um, in Ukraine. If Memphis would be kind enough to call up um, the, my first article, the, the, the Reuters one, um, with the headline, Belarus Arms Emergency Ministry to be ready in case of armed conflict. Now, I didn't know that Belarus had a ministry of emergency situations. It does. And President Lukashenko has just said that he wants this ministry to arm not just every man, um, um, basically every single Belarusian, Russian, Belarusian, um, in case uh, there is a state of emergency. Um, in um, Belarus. Now, the interesting thing here, and I'm just going to skip down, basically, you know, right, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're saying that this all was Belarus, yes, they're an ally Russia, but they're kind of off to the side of this thing. And then voila, you know, after the Wagner coup, when they end up in Belarus, next thing you know, that's what you sound like they're, they're asking for in Belarus is to put themselves on war fitting. Put the whole population on war footing. Am, am I am I reading too much into that? Well, let's not forget, Steve. Two weeks ago, uh, President Lukashenko did exactly do that. He he ordered the 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 the, the Belarusian army to to be on a war footing. He actually did do this. Now he's now you're absolutely right. What he's doing now is he's doing exactly the same maneuver with the civilian population. Um, and and I quote: "In the event of an armed conflict." or some kind of riots in which a significant number of personnel must be involved. That, that's the, the justification. Now, Steve, if you're, if you're Reuters, if you're the uber mainstream media and, and, you, and you have to bury a lead, where are you going to bury it? Right at the end, right? But as deep, far into the article as you possibly do, which is basically the last paragraph. Here we go. The perception that Lukashenko depends on Putin for his survival had fanned fears in Kiev that Putin would pressure him to join a fresh ground offensive and open up a new front in Russia's faltering invasion of Ukraine. I had not seen that. You know, we've been obviously talking about this basically on a daily on a daily basis um, for the last month. 
this idea. You know, we pointed out um, last week that the that the joint training exercises between Belarus and the Wagner the Wagner troops, three miles away from the Polish border, but less than thirty miles away from the Ukrainian border, was perhaps more of a threat to Ukraine than it was to Poland. Of course. The mainstream media brushed Ukraine airbrushed out of that particular equation. It was simply um, uh, an excuse for NATO saber rattling with regards to, to Poland. Of course, Belarus is not going to attack a NATO country. Um, it has zero interest. Uh, I'm not saying it has zero interest, but it, ha it, 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 it has. A, it's not foolish enough to try to, to invade Poland. Um, so, so what what are they doing there? Um, here, here is the first. Uh, reference I've seen in Reuters now um, that you that Ukraine that Kiev is uh, is vulnerable, um, and I just want to home in again on on that word that that that, uh, that this idea that this fanning fears in Kiev um, that Putin will pressure Lukashenko to join a fresh ground offensive because if there are the, those fears in Kiev, the mainstream media hasn't brought it to our attention since the the the, the coup on June the twenty fourth. Um, just slightly above this, and I just want to mention this because I think it, it is important. The Reuters informs us that, um, that President Lukashenko was in Moscow for two days from Sunday until yesterday, uh, meeting with Putin, um, where the two leaders talked about their strategic, and that, and that isn't a quote, this, this isn't scare quotes, this is, I'm quoting Reuters, a strategic partnership. Um, and then it talks on about the, the, the fears in Kiev. That, that Lukashenko will open up a, a fresh border for Ukraine. Interesting, um, that development. Um, buried at the bottom of the article, sadly, and not picked up anywhere else in the media. There is something, however, that, that is relate, very much related to this. And now, um, if I could ask Memphis to call up the article, which I labelled as 1C, I'm going to jump ahead and then come back to the Newsmax article, which is Putin showed paralysis, quotation marks, as, attempt, as attempted coup unfolded. Thanks, guys. Um, and here, so there, there's sort of unsourced uh, sources uh, talking always to the Washington Post, um, uh, which is the best vehicle for, uh, for, for, for whatever the CIA wants to get out in, 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 into the, 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 the well of, of public perception. Here's a phrase which says, Putin was reportedly paralyzed and dumbfounded and unable to act decisively in the face of Wagner uh, mercenary group leader Yevgeny Prigozhin's attempted rebellion, despite warnings well beforehand. What, you say to yourself? Well, according to the Washington Post, um, Putin was warned by the Russian security services at least two or three days ahead about Prigozhin's preparations for a possible coup. And, it, and the article basically ex, uh, ex, says that Putin issued no orders for most of the day uh, because he was paralysed. Of course, see, there is another theory why he didn't issue any orders on Saturday, June the 24th, while this coup was in progress. Um, and he was just sitting back, feet up on the table, drinking a glass of chilled vodka. Um, I imagine watching the news unfold on the television. That's because it was all going to plan. Um, of course, that, that's something that the, that, that the Washington Post chose not to consider. Um, but you've got to ask yourself, I mean, anyone who's an analyst 
uh, studying international events really should ask themselves from everything that they know about President Putin, who up until up until February of last year was being was referred to as a strong man and a thug. Um, you know, the idea that he would be paralyzed and dumbfounded and unable to act uh, for the whole day whilst a supposed coup was taking place seems a little difficult to, to believe from what we know of the man. Um, I'm now going to wheel back uh, Memphis to Article 1B, which is, uh, the again, back to Reuters, White House says it does not back Ukraine attacks inside Russia. Here, um, Steve, your favourite Zen master, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, has said that, as a general matter, we do not support attacks inside Russia. Uh, this is in reference to the two drone attacks from launched from Ukraine that damaged Moscow earlier yesterday. Um, Steve, my observation on this is I have to say, right, I, I, I don't want to get the, the, the live, the get a live chat um, throwing rotten fruit at the screen as they're typing when I say this, but I am actually inclined to believe her on this. Um, because from my, my, my view of this war has always been for the, for the grifting military industrial complex, there is a sweet spot in this war when you can get the maximum amount of, of a democratic people. And I think we're broadly there. I mean, there has, there has no, this war has very little popular resonance anymore. It's, it's all with the political class, the journalistic class, and the military production class. People have moved on. Um, yeah, not selfishly, they have their own concerns, they have their own difficulties. Um, and therefore that sweet spot has been passed. You know, what, what, the, what, 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 what the, the parasitical class really wants to do is to get that spot where it can get the maximum out. What it doesn't want is a full-on war with Russia where he's going to have to give up its wealth. I mean, the whole idea is that people with hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank account can become billionaires. That's what they wanted out of this war. They don't want to have to lose that wealth to finance a war. Um, so I actually do believe the White House here saying that they that they that they don't uh, that they don't want Ukraine yeah, just to think of metastasize very quickly. Yeah, be, exactly. So. Be, be, before we, before we go, I know you got more to go through. We're gonna have to do it tomorrow, or the next day. I do want to um, since so much of this is dealing with this war's economic warfare, and the United States failed in its effort to take down the Russian central bank and the ruble because. Putin with his back against the wall and having all his reserves just swept by the U.S. government and other central banks, it went by gold, basically back, didn't convert, but basically backed by gold. The BRICS are going to do the same thing that's going to take place on the 22nd of August. We're all over this every day. Make sure you go to BRICSGold.com slash Bannon right now to get the summary of what we put out on the, uh, called the Durban Pact or the Durban Accords, the Road to Durban. We have a summary of the end of the dollar empire. We want everybody totally up to speed on that. Uh, ben, before I let you go, I want to have a subject with you, hopefully on tomorrow, if not the next day, because I've, I've heard enough about the spring offensive, quote unquote, grinding to a halt, not taking territory. And the blame last night on CNN and MSNBC all night was that there's so many minds, there's so many 70,000, 100,000, 2 million, 5 million minds. This is all mine. The territory is all mine. And the Russians have so dug in. They're now dug in like they were around Stalingrad. Remember, every square millimeter of Ukraine is watched by American satellites. 
Okay, that information we know on all the targeting with artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence and advanced weapons computers in Poland, other NATO nations is beamed immediately into Ukraine. There's been no surprise on this. This is just exactly like the submersible went down. When Pasovic and I were laughing on that Sunday, we didn't say anything about it because it was classified to the said that they have sonar boys out there that can tell you the different screw on the different Soviet submarine coming out of this. So certainly they heard it. Just like here, the Americans and NATO have known every second of digging. Do you understand how hard it is to plant that many mines? How hard it is to dig in troops? This thing, it, all you're getting sped, uh, fed is lies and misrepresentations on all of it. Ben, we got to bounce, but we're going to have you back on tomorrow. Appreciate you staying up real quickly. What is you're putting up exclusive content on the on the email every day, and also your content on Getter? How do people get to Ben Harnwell? That's uh, the, the the email email is warroom.org. My Getter is simply by surname at Harnwell. You mentioned BRICS earlier, Steve. Today, Algeria applied to join. So the you know, every week, a couple of countries asking to join. The momentum is certainly there. And, I'll catch and, you on the next hit. And Algeria. Yeah, and Algeria said they would cough up $1.5 billion to join the BRICS bank. We'll get into all that tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back at 10 a.m. Uh, ben, thank you so very much. Appreciate it. 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. We, be, we will be as lit or more so than we were today. See you then in the War Room. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart, 
and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.